I remember back when I was in high school, I was invited to go on a retreat, an overnight retreat, by a friend of mine. And this would have been the first time that I had ever been on a retreat outside of the school day setting. And I would have never even known about that retreat if my friend would not have invited me. And it was at this retreat that really for the first time, I encountered Jesus in a really personal and powerful way. I remember just being totally transformed and inspired uh, by the community of the people that were at this retreat and certainly the times of prayer and adoration and the, the talks that I heard and just the whole weekend was really beautiful and I just remember leaving that weekend different, changed. I had encountered Christ for myself. But I would not have encountered him at that weekend, at that particular retreat, if I would not have been invited by my friend. And it was such a simple invitation, but really that friend of mine guided me. It, she led me to the faith by a simple invitation. When we encounter Christ on our own, everything changes. And many of you have probably experienced that, like the moment whenever you fell in love with Christ, everything was different. And then it's the, the, the ongoing journey of staying in love with Christ. And if you're able to fall in love with Christ and stay in love with Christ, that changes everything. But oftentimes the Lord, uh, in his providence, the way in which he brings us about is that he uses other people in our lives to invite us to take that next step in our faith. He uses the communion of saints, the community of believers to help us and encourage us along the way. That usually it's not just an isolated experience on our own. Usually there's someone else that has invited us to take that next step and then we encounter the person, the living person of Jesus Christ on our own and that's where our hearts change. Well, all of us, I believe, are really seeking Christ. Deep down, we all have that religious sense. And many of us maybe confuse those internal desires for, for fulfillment and, and happiness. And sometimes maybe we search for the Lord in the wrong places. And, but, but I really firmly believe that every human being in the world has that innate desire for God. But sometimes many human beings don't quite realize that that's what they're truly seeking. So St. Augustine was famously quoted, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. Uh, he pointing out that, that all of us are, are restless, searching deep within our hearts for that encounter with the Lord and that ongoing relationship with him, but oftentimes confuse it and search for the Lord in all the wrong places. Well, I bring all of that up because today we're celebrating the Feast of the Epiphany. This is the, the, the day that we celebrate the three wise men, or however many wise men there were. The scripture doesn't actually say. But the, the magi from the east who, who search for Christ. Who were the magi? They were not Jews. The magi were these wise Maybe philosophers or astrologers or astronomers or just, you know, educated men who probably were advisories to the, the royal 
kingly people, and, and they had this, this innate sense within them to search for the one true God, even though they weren't Jewish. They were led, something mysteriously within their heart led them to see a star and to follow it. They're searching for this newborn king of the Jews so that they can pay him homage. Well, the the wise men, the, the magi, they're not the only ones that are seeking Christ. King Herod is also seeking Christ. King Herod is an Idumean puppet king, if you will. He, he was put in place by the Roman authorities to kind of rule over the Jewish people in Judea. And he was really comfortable in his power and his authority. And he gets word that supposedly there's this newborn child who's supposed to rise up and be the king of the Jews. So he, being the current king, is threatened, fearful, and he does everything in his power to stop it. What does he do? He gathers the scribes and the Pharisees and asks them, where is this king supposed to be born? They say Bethlehem. So he says, all right, I'm going to kill every child who is born under the age of two years old in that area. You can see there's two very different postures here. The Magi are, are sincerely seeking Christ following the guidance of this mysterious star in the sky. Whereas as King Herod, he's seeking Christ, but not for the same reasons. He's seeking Christ so that he can kill him. He's not being led by the star, but rather by fear, by this, this, this insecurity of being threatened, of losing his sense of power. And what is this star? Well, this star, you know, there's different theories throughout the tradition of the church, but the ancient early church fathers, many of them believe that this star was not some astrological experience or or phenomenon, but rather they they believe that it was an angel. It's oftentimes in scripture, stars and angels are kind of used um, in similar contexts. And so they believe um, that this is a messenger from the Lord, an angel of light who is guiding the Magi to discover Christ for themselves. So they're being led by an angel, probably. And when they find the Holy Family, it says that they were overjoyed and they prostrated themselves and they did him homage, which means that they they worshipped him. They they laid down their their bodily posture to offer worship due only to God himself. And then they leave going home on a different route, changed. They, they, They go home different because they encountered Christ for themselves. So I, liked, I like that interpretation of, of this being an angel. Um, and, and with that in mind, just I want to offer a nuanced perspective here for us to consider today. In a sense, each of you can be the star for someone else in your life. You are the star. You can be the star. And what do I mean by that? The star... Was, was a messenger from God who was a sign that pointed towards Christ, who, who guided and led others to Christ. But then once the, those magi encountered Christ, 
Christ did the rest of the work. But, but you can do the same for someone else, that you can be that sign that points towards Christ for others. That you can lead and guide others to Christ, and then they can encounter Christ on their own. So, so like, we don't have to force anybody to believe our, our faith. We don't have to force anyone to, to live a certain way. Our role is to, to point to Christ. Our role is to lead others to encounter Christ for, their own, for themselves. And whenever they encounter Christ, fall in love and stay in love with Christ, everything changes. But you are the star. And God wants you to participate in that. And sometimes we, we get overwhelmed by this, this idea that we need to evangelize. Like sometimes we think, okay, well, maybe that's just for those really charismatic people. Or maybe those really, really smart, well-educated people. Or maybe it's just for those people that work for the church. And, and we kind of just, you know, relegate that for, for a certain few. But all of us, by virtue, virtue of our baptism, we are not just invited, but expected to evangelize. And what is evangelization? It's sharing the good news of the gospel, but it's, it's being a sign that points to Christ. And sometimes it's, it's so simple. Sometimes it's as simple as extending an invite. Like that is being on mission. That is like being a missionary that you would just simply invite someone. Invite them to Mass. Invite them to join you for a time of, of prayer and adoration. Invite them to join you for, you know, a church event or for a small group or a Bible study. Invite them to your home and just cook a meal for them and talk about the faith. Invite them to listen to a certain podcast that spoke to you or to watch a certain video about the faith on YouTube that spoke to your heart. Invite them to read a religious book with you. But there's all kinds of ways or things that you can invite them to. But that simple invite, it's powerful. And I promise you there's, there's so many people in your life right now that I don't know that are away from the Lord that are disconnected. Maybe they're even Catholic. Maybe they used to come to Mass and they used to live out their faith, but maybe they're just kind of slipping and, and just drifting. And, and they're, they're longing in their hearts. Truly, they're seeking Christ, but they just don't know where to find Him. And they're looking for a star, and maybe you're that star that can point them back to Jesus. Really, it's just so simple, and sometimes we take it for granted, but... but Evangelization is about relationships. It's not about programs and it's not about strategy. It's about relationships and, and, and you are the relationships. You are the ones that can simply invite someone to take a next step in their faith. But we don't know what that next step is unless you truly know them and that's where you come in. You can be always on mission. By just paying attention to others, where are they in their faith, and inviting them to take one step further. So I just want to invite all of us today, as we continue with this Mass, that you would, you would pray about who in your life is the Lord calling you to make an invitation, simply to invite them, to point them to Christ, to invite them to take one step forward. It doesn't have to be complicated, and you don't have to overanalyze it. 
But as you point them to Christ, Christ will reveal himself to them. They will encounter him on their own. And that will change everything. Amen.